Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Knees Up Mother Brown West Ham podcast. I'm Chris Skoll and joining us in the studio today we have, he's back, James Longman is here. Hello Hi. James. Hello. And also friend of Romford from the Emerald Isle, it's Fionn. <laughs> Hello lads. This week we're going to be talking about the Liverpool match. What a magnificent nil-nil draw if ever I saw one. We'll be talking about the Southampton match 2 one all. Uh, we're going to have... A tale of two Tonys, two icons, Cotty and Gale will be joining us on the show. Over 350 appearances for the Hammers between them. Uh, so we'll be hearing from them a little bit later. We'll be talking about Paolo Di Canio, the fascist, but he's also a magnificent manager from what we've seen at the weekend. We'll be talking about Karen Brady and David Sullivan and their disparaging remarks about that man. Finally, we're going to end on some predictions, Manchester United and Wigan coming up. So let's begin the Liverpool match, uh, a nil-nil draw. Not bad, eh, Fionn? That's all right? Yeah, it's about as good as we can expect, really, from up there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, considering we haven't won there in, I think it's 50 years or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a great match. We defended excellently, as we have done the last few games. Yeah. Um, I think it's only four goals we've conceded in the last five now, yeah. which is uh, which is excellent. Um, I think Stoke are the only team in the bottom 12 with a better defensive record. So, I think it showed there. Um Again, James Collins excellent, Jesk Lyon excellent, um, we pressed him well, and we could have nicked it at the death. Mm. Yeah, we're unlucky. Oh, if that had gone it's in. So close. If gone in. So close. Uh, it's cracking result. Resilient. What a word. Yeah, yeah. What a word yeah. for West Ham, it's, you know, especially away from home. Um, no, it's, it's fantastic, really. Mm. You know? As I said, you can't expect any more from up there, really. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 50 years of hurt were nearly shattered. Was it James Collins with the header, yeah, was Collins, it, at the end? It? And uh, James Collins had an amazing game. I was, I, was mm. watching, I was streaming it. He looked incredible. I've never seen... Like, I thought it was probably his best ever game for West Ham. A sign of the season. Yeah. Without a doubt, I think for me personally, I think um, when he's in a team, he gives everybody confidence. Yeah. Um, I think he's a perfect foil for yeah. Winston Reid, for James Tompkins, yeah. whichever one of them playing. I think he's bought the best out of Winston Reid this season. Um you can't, I mean, you can't. You can't really. You can't doubt him. Really. I mean, I know he's he's prone to the odd ricket and you know makes the odd mistake. But I think that's par for the course of most centre defenders. And I think mm. for two million, which is on in summer, and uh, yeah, brilliant. Bargain for that. And I've got a quote from James Collins. So he was speaking at a West Ham Community Sports Trust event. That's a mouthful. And he said, <laughs> um, "I feel like I'm producing the best form of my career. I made a couple of mistakes which I've not been happy with, and need to get them out of my game. I was delighted with how I played last Sunday. Speaking of the Liverpool game, I feel like I've never been away from West Ham, and I'm happy with my form. Hopefully, it can continue to the end of the season." James, uh, what have you what have you made of Collins? Uh, I think he's great. I think he's a proper solid centre back. Mm. Uh, he's, he, um, it's completely right. He, whoever he's playing with, he gives confidence and he mm. works really well with them. Um, and I think he's class. And the last two games, him and uh, Tompkins, yeah, who on here mm. we're given a little bit of a stick a, a few podcasts back, mm. um, have been outstanding last couple of games. He's I a think. ginger pele. Ginger yeah. pele. I just think I think we should definitely mention Tompkins because mm. you know Chris in particular. Yeah, you'd lost tough. faith in him. I'd lost faith. I lost belief. But like you say, he's he's pulled it back. I know he's picked up an injury. I think in Southampton, and uh, he's fifty fifty for the squad for against Wednesday, Manchester United. Yeah. yeah, on Wednesday. But um, yeah, he's looking looking a lot more assured. I, I think a lot of that as well comes down to you know when he went to the Olympics, he didn't have his pace at the yeah. start of the season. Winston Reid and Collins came in. They're excellent. Mm. Uh, he struggled the season to get his place back. 
you know, playing bit parts here, bit parts there, right back, playing the all game centre half. Mm. Struggling to get a bit of form together, to get a few games together. And I think uh, the last few games he's shown that uh, he can, I mean, he can be back to his best. So mm. hopefully he's, uh, hopefully be okay for Wednesday. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Southampton match, which followed the Liverpool one. Again, Tompkins and Collins were a rock at the back and we picked up a one-all draw, which is uh, so two points out of the last two games. That's pretty good going, right? Yep. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, um, I thought we were, I thought we played well again. You know, defensively, we were excellent. Um, I found it hilarious reading some of the uh, Southampton fans' reactions saying that, you know, <laughs> we play hoof ball and, you know, oh, you know yeah. doing every time, you know. And at the end of the day, I mean, they played just as much hoof ball as we did on the day. Um, yeah, can I just say... Their goal was just a punt upfield. It winds me up Hoof. so much. It was just a punt upfield that was knocked on, and that is their goal, and that's a long ball goal. That oh, yeah. is a long ball goal. <laughs> There's no other way of looking at it, and yet nobody really mentioned it in the papers. Oh, if no. that's us, it would be the narrative would be West Ham play long yeah. ball, so that's a long ball goal. That's what they do. That's all they can do under Allardyce. Yeah. And you see at Southampton, they've got this image of Southampton playing this flowing football. That was a punt upfield from the goalkeeper. There's, I mean, there's two things. I mean, first of all, it's a popular misconception in the way we play. It's lazy journalism. Oh, yeah. It's lazy opinions by fans who just automatically associate Allardyce with, you know, crap football. Yeah. If you watch us week in, week out, like we all do, you see that we don't play that. We play direct football. It's effective football. Listen, at the end of the day, Southampton can complain all they want. We beat them 4-1 at home. We drew one all one way. Four points. Mm. We so take four much. points any day of the week. Yeah, <laughs> and I think like Southampton fans, like on that point, they, they are a bit psychotic. Southampton fans, they're a bit like Spurs fans. They have delusions of grandeur. Yeah. They think they're playing this this nice football. I saw them against Reading. They were scrappy. They were nasty. And my mate, who's a Southampton fan, said of the West Ham game, he's like, oh, "I can't believe your your boys play like that." And like you say, they hoofed it upfield for the, their goal. They are like they played nasty football. They're delusional. The they are delusional. Away from home, resilient. You know, yeah, yeah. we don't score much, we play tight, we play in formation, we're hard to break down, and we haven't been for a long time. Mm. And that's how you play away from home to survive. Mm. And we're surviving away from home. Yeah. At home, we're knocking it around, we're playing good football. Uh, I'm pretty chuffed with how we're playing. All I say is say to your Southampton mate, ask them how, who played better football when we beat them 4 1 at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Simple. Just as long as we don't mention that game with Billy Sharp (laughs) (laughs) so furious Um, but let's talk about the performance of UC Eskalainen against Southampton he had a great game and I understand now he's triggered uh, a clause in his contract that means he is here for another year because he's played a certain amount of games Um, his performance against Southampton first and are we happy that he's going to be here next season um, personally yeah I think uh, I think it's probably the right move for both parties I think um I mean, I, saw, I think I read somewhere the other day that he's he's made the most saves of any keeper in the league. Yeah, that's, um, that's like that's like a police force bragging that they've had <laughs> the most arrests like, <laughs> in their in their area. It's not good. Um, I think I, I think I think we keep in mind. I do think we should also in the summer be looking at alternatives. Yeah, I think we should be looking for somebody young, somebody who we can build a future with. Mm. Um, if we keep Yaskolainen for next season and say bring in somebody like I don't know Fraser Forrester from Celtic, something like that, mm. somebody young who's got potential. If Jusk is there at the same time, it gives them time to bet in. You know, there's no pressure on the young lads, something like that. But I do think we need to start looking for alternatives, whether this summer or, I mean, next summer might be too... I mean, I don't know. I'm 50-50 about it. I mean, I think we should keep him, but I do think we should be looking for somebody else as well. Yeah, he's, he's grown progressively in confidence over the last kind of six matches, hasn't he? Because he's gone from... Yeah. Watching him a uh, few back every time the ball went near him, I was like, <gasps> and then the last, you had no confidence, four, in him. yeah, you had no he's, confidence he's, in him. And the back four clearly didn't because yeah. they wouldn't, 
they wouldn't even pass back to him. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, somehow it's but also that all comes from a growing confidence in the team because now we've got you know Collins is playing well in front of him and Dem- mm-hmm. uh, old Guy Demel is playing really well. Yeah. Um, and suddenly we've got a bit of confidence at the back and that mm. helps the keeper and that helps the defence. Mm. And so it's such, you can see it in, in the team, it just grows. And, and that's the thing with him, we know we know, we know, know his limitations, we know he's prone to the odd mistake, but, I mean, he's definitely worth keeping on in the squad anyway, at least. Uh, and I mean, like, if, if it comes to next August, you know, kick-off new season and we haven't got somebody in, I can't say I'd be too disappointed if he's still our number one, really. Yeah, well, we've got some, we've got some comment, comments from the KUMB universe. We've had uh, Aussie Owl, he said, uh, it's a good deal. No one can doubt his value in goal this season. OK, a few bloops, but overall a decent keeper. We had Lawrence Lewis J. Urentrout said, it's sad that we are relying on a 37-year-old who's well past it. He cost us more times than he saved us. As a backup, yes. As a number one, no. I think that's kind of my feelings. Mm. I, I like you, see. I like, I like, to an extent. I think when he has a good game, he, t- he tends to play very well, but he's just not consistent enough. And... Uh, God, I just wish we had Robert Green back. I just never got over him leaving us. I would say never go back, but then look at Ginge. Yeah, and TC. And TC, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. forget that. Um, I, I, think one th- I think one person we might keep an eye on as well is, uh, I mean, obviously I'd, I'd love to get Miguel Ney from Sunderland, but I think Julio Cesar yeah. from QPR, I mean, they're going down. Yeah. He came out in the papers about two weeks ago and said that he wants to stay in London. Mm. So, what about uh, that Reading keeper? Who was that guy? Oh, Alex getting... McCarthy. Was yeah. Alex McCarthy. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He's like the Matrix. He yeah. just pours time. That's the most saves he made from Suarez. I think it was, that wasn't his debut, was it? Um, no, I think he's been out injured for uh, ages. Yeah, yeah. Since his first game back. But yeah. that potentially could never happen again. <laughs> that, should, yeah. <laughs> that is a one-off yeah, performance. One-off. Maybe you should retire now, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, joining us now on the show is a a West Ham United icon. 279 games, 115 goals. It's Tony Cotty. Welcome to the show, Tony. Thanks, Chad. So you've got to get your stats right. It was 146 goals. You forgot the goals in the second spell. Oh, really? (laughs) I'm going to fire the stats man right now. (laughs) He's gone. 146 goals. That's incredible. Do, do you ever yeah, look that back? Was just the, that, that was just the first spell, the 115. Really? 100, amazing, amazing record. Um, so, so speaking of goals and being a striker and scoring them, um, I want to talk about Andy Carroll, Tony. What's your thoughts on him? Should we sign him this summer? Well, first and foremost, I've always been a fan of Andy. I think he's a, I think he's a good player. I think he brings something different to the table compared to other forwards. Um, from the moment we signed him, I, I always felt that it would be a... a you know, great signing for the club and a good coup for the club if we could actually persuade him to, to sign for us permanently. Um, but then putting my business hat on, you know, bearing in mind the, the sort of serious financial trouble we've had over the last five or six years, I think the price has got to be right. You know, the, originally it was like about 17 million was mentioned and it now seems like it's gone down to about 12 million, which I think is a bit more realistic. So as long as the price is right, then yeah, I'd love to see Andy at the club for the next four or five years. There's rumours abound that Peter Crouch might uh, might come to West Ham. Would you like to see him? Uh, I'd prefer Andy, to be honest. Yep. Um, out of the two, if it was a straight choice between the two of them, I think I would prefer Andy. Um, I think he, I think you know, Crouch. He's had a lot of clubs. He's scored a lot of goals, a lot of good goals as well. Um, but I'm more of a fan of Andy than I am of Crouchy. So that, that's just me personally. I mean, other people might think differently. Um, Crouchy will no doubt be cheaper than Andy Carroll, but you know. I think Andy's still only, what, 23, 24 years of age. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot more years in front of him as well. And in terms of the way Sam wants to play his, you know, style of football, if you like, I think Andy would probably be more suited. 
Mm. And what of uh, Carlton Cole? I know his contract's up this summer. There's rumours he's in his last season at West Ham. Would you like to see him stay on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I'm a fan of Carlton. I think on his day, um, I think he's up there on his day. Um, unfortunately, with Carlton, we you know we haven't had it consistently. Um, you know, there's been many reasons for that. You know, injuries being one, and secondly, not being in the team consistently. Uh, other times, managers haven't had the faith in him over the last five or six years. But I think when you when you sort of put your arm around Colton and tell him how good he is or how great he is, I think you know on the pitch he can be a real handful. So um, I think we've got to be very careful as a club because um, if you look at our sort of squad of forwards, you know you've got Colton, we've got Andy, we've got uh, Maiga, we've got Baz Tay, probably a couple of young players that come into it as well. But if we're not careful, you know we could end up with sort of not one senior striker left if you like if if, if obviously Colton leaves because he's out of contract and Andy moves on so um, you know I, I think we've got to be very careful and you know personally I'd love to see Andy and Colton both stay at the club that's two of the four that you need and then I'd like us to go out and get another couple of forwards really that's what I would like to see happen but obviously I'm not the manager and <laughs> I'm not in charge of the purse strings mm. TC just out of interest are there any strikers out there that you could see see coming to West Ham kind of that ilk that goal scoring ilk well, I think the the one player that's been standout player for me. I mean, I, I cover a lot of championship games, you know, in the in my travelling around the country, and I think the bidder at Watford is head and shoulders above anything I've seen this season. He's a fantastic finisher, but the problem you've got is he probably will cost around about ten million, and I'm guessing again that's not going to be money that we're going to have floating around, particularly if we sign Andy Carroll. So, um, you know, there's other forwards in the, in the championship, you know. Like, I don't know, like Jordan Rhodes or someone like that who scored goals at that level. But again, it comes down to money and whether we would actually be able to afford these guys. It's, it's very, very difficult. Uh, and if you look at the so-called top clubs in the Premier League, I mean, there's a lot of clubs. Um, you know, Liverpool probably got two strikers. Chelsea have probably got two strikers. Tottenham have only got two strikers. In, and really, all of them need four. The only club that's got four strikers is, is Manchester United. And, and they're the ones that are running away with the Premier League, which tells you everything. So... It's not easy to get strikers for sure. No, I mean we've we've seen that over years at West Ham, and it feels like we haven't had a, you know, a Tony Cotty for a long time. You know what what we'd give to have you back. <laughs> well, Jack, I'd love to. I'd love to come back. I always say to everyone, if you could take the offside rule out, I'd probably be all right. Like, just goal like, uh, like I used to do in training, and score probably twenty five goals a season. But unfortunately, you have to run around nowadays, especially with that offside rule. So, um, I mean. You're, you're right. I mean, there's not been an awful lot coming through. Um, I think probably the, the last sort of goal scorer we had come through was certainly Jermaine Defoe, who was who was and still is a, a fantastic goal scorer. Um, I'm hopeful that we might see some good stuff from Elliot Lee, um, young kid in the uh, sort of the youth team to come out and they're probably playing reserve football now. But it's it's very difficult for the youngsters to break through. And personally, I would rather see four, if you like not so much senior but four established strikers in the squad and then you can then try and you know gradually filter in someone like Elliot Lee if you get a couple of injuries or suspensions then they will get their chance but you know like I say they're just they're like a dying breed you just don't seem to be able to find the Michael Owens the Robbie Fowler the Gary Lineker the Jimmy Greaves going back all them years ago you know the the, the great goal scorers of English football for some reason they all seem to be disappearing and, and you know we've, we've got a so many midfield players, but there's two, we're not, not just not producing the forwards, the goal-scoring forwards. Hi, TC. Just a quick question. I think that's why keeping Karnak Kobe is so important because he seems happy at the club. He seems happy to be a squad player. I don't think we'd be able to get anybody in for the same same money 
the same quality that we'll be happy to potentially sit on the bench and get you know a handful of games every season. I, I totally agree, and, uh, and that's my argument. I mean, if Colton leaves, he'll go on a free transfer to somewhere or other. If you try and sign a replacement who, who, who is capable of doing what Colton can do, I've already expressed his qualities, you're looking at at least five or six million pounds. So why on earth would we want to let him leave? I, you know, I can understand not just Colton, but with obviously the managerial situation as well in terms of the contracts. I understand, you know, God forbid we was to go down with 38 points or whatever this year and then you've signed players or managers on contracts. I understand how that all works, but I'd like to think behind the scenes there's a lot of work going on and you know we're actually actively trying to keep the likes of Colton Goal and the manager as well because mm. you know to go out and get ready-made replacements is not easy in both situations. Mm. Well, speaking of uh, the manager and contracts, obviously Sam Allardyce's contract's up this summer and the bookies' favourite to succeed him if he doesn't sign a new contract is Harry Redknapp. Of course, you played under Harry Redknapp. What was it like to play under him and uh, would you have him back at West Ham? Well, I mean, first and foremost, yeah, it was great to play under Harry. I had two very successful years, two and a bit years when I came back to the club for the second spell for those goals that you boys forgot to start the show. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, he's, he's, a, he's a very good coach. He's a, he's a good man manager. Um, we all know how he likes to operate in the transfer market. I think, you know, over the years, he's proved himself to be a very, very good manager. Uh, I, I would understand the fans' reservations, certainly in terms of, the, you know, the Tottenham connection and, what's gone on over the last 10 or ten years or so since he's left the club. Um, personally, I'd like to see Sam stay. I really would. I think we need a period of stability at the club. We, you know, we can't keep going up and down in the championship um, and coming back again and going down again. And we, need to, we need to stay in the Premier League. I think Sam's always proved he's very good at keeping clubs in the Premier League and that's what we need. Um, it's, it's hard to speculate, isn't it? I think there's probably a you know a, a bloke up in uh, Sunderland at the moment who the fans would like to mm. welcome down, especially after his show of passion. The other day. <laughs> so um, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure there'll be many, many, many favourites. And listen, managing West Ham is an absolute dream job. And you know, they always say there's sort of 50 applicants for every football job that comes up. I'm sure there'll be 100 applicants for the West Ham job because it's it's such a great club to manage. Hmm. How have you rated Allardyce this season? Would you say it's been a success uh, this season and you know previously the last season as well? Well, I think Sam's done exactly what he was brought in to do, and you know I've said publicly uh, about how dreadful it was under Avon Grant, who I thought was absolutely awful. I thought he was rubbish, hmm. and you know he left the club in a real two and eight, as we would say. So there was a lot of work that needed to to be done, um, and Sam came in. He, he immediately improved the team spirit. You know, he got rid of a few lumps of dead wood and he also brought in some, some sort of good squad players and players that were going to go into the team. Um, we got promoted, albeit, you know, quite luckily on the day because Blackpool on another day could easily have beaten us. But yeah. his job was to get us promoted. He'd done that. And, you know, I think he's he's hopefully going to finish exactly where I thought, which was between 10th and 15th this season. So, you know, what you see is what you get with Big Sam. Um, you know whether he's the man in five years' time to try and take us on to another level once we're in a, a new Olympic stadium, I don't know. But if you ask me now, will we get relegated over the next three or four years under Sam Allardyce? My answer will be no, we won't. And and that's my point, really. We need to stay in the Premier League. So from that, you know, bearing all that in mind, what I just said, you know, I want to see Sam given a, a three or four year contract, and you know, let's have some stability and let's get on with with sort of getting the club back into, you know, certainly financially where it needs to be in terms of moving to the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, and and which brings me on to my final question. The Olympic Stadium deal is, is done, as you say. I just wonder, Tony, what you you will miss most about Upton Park? 
Oh, well, listen, I'm no different to you guys. I, you know, first and foremost, I'm a fan. I'm not I'm not a player who became a fan. I'm a fan who became a player. And then now I'm back to being a fan. And I'll miss the atmosphere. I'll certainly miss the, the midweek games under the floodlights. Um, all my memories are at the ground, you know, in terms of what I achieved as a player. And all the memories of me supporting the club in the 70s and early 80s. Um, and now, you know, what's happened over the last 10 years since I've been retired. So... Every single memory is there, and you know, do I want to leave Upton Park? Of course, I don't. I don't think anyone, anyone who's um, got any common sense, would say they want to leave Upton Park. No one does. But you know, what we have to bear in mind, and what we have to remember, I think you know, you've you already said when we move, because it is, it's not an if now; it is a when. When we move to the Olympic Stadium, you know, we're going to have to make it work. We need to, you know, give Upton Park the the, the, the right old good send off that it deserves and it needs and then we're then going to have to get our heads down and try and move the club forward and, and that's what I want to happen so fantastic memories and you know I don't want to leave but I think I want the club to try and compete and I keep saying if Tottenham can do it I'm sure we can do it which is try and try to qualify for the Champions League and if we want to do that we need more revenue we need to bring more fans into the club we need more corporate sponsorship money coming in and the only way to do that unfortunately is to go to Stratford so uh, you know, that's what I want. I want West Ham. I'm not saying we can get in the Champions League. I want us to try and get in the Champions League. Yeah, that's it. And very quickly, Cece, before you go, just tell us as someone who would never, ever be able to do it, but scoring a goal at Upton Park in front of a full house, what, what does it feel like? Well, I, I think one of the most often asked questions, and I'm pleased you haven't asked it, but <laughs> the most often asked question is, what's your favourite goal? Now, bearing in mind I scored 306 goals as a professional, the answer is my first goal. And my first goal was for West Ham as a 17-year-old against Spurs, you know, the first goal in the game, and we went on to beat Spurs 3-0. And I always say, like, you know, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? And, you know, the, the problem I've got with my life now, in you know, I have great fun working on Sky and travelling all around the country and everything, but it doesn't replace the thrill of being a footballer and... I can't ever do anything in my life that's going to compare with the thrill of scoring a goal at Upton Park in front of all the fans and that feeling, particularly that first goal. You know, I've tried for 30 years to replicate that feeling and it's just impossible. There's nothing I can do now, but it's a wonderful feeling and particularly, as as I said you know, a few minutes ago, like as a fan of the club, to, to be a fan and then from going from being a fan to becoming a player and scoring a goal in front of the old South Bank as it was and celebrating with... 30-odd thousand West Ham fans. It was just the best feeling ever. And, uh, you know, I miss the days of... I, I, I don't miss playing football. I always say that to people. I don't miss playing football. It's a hard It's a hard life. It's physically very demanding. It's mentally demanding. But the one thing I do miss is scoring goals. And that's the one thing I can't, I can't ever get back in my life. And I do miss the thrill of scoring goals, particularly for West Ham, which is my club. That's a dream. Yeah. That's a dream. Well, um, thank you so much, Tony. I think, we, on behalf of every fan, you know, thank you for scoring all those goals because it's certainly a, in, in both, my memories in both spells, in yeah. both spells <laughs> especially <laughs> the, the second spell, spell. <laughs> the, the oft-forgotten second spell. <laughs> Absolute pleasure, chaps. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Saint. Thanks, Thanks for so joining much. us. Cheers. No problem. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks, Tony. And I must mention Tony's book, which is uh, West Ham, The Inside Story, and it covers uh, the proposed takeover and how Tony Cotty nearly became chairman of the club. Uh, is available in all good bookstores. And some bad bookstores. And some bad stores, as the cliche goes. <laughs> it's good read. So, jo- so joining us now, he's a, he's a long-time fan of the show. He's been listening since episode one. He con- he's constantly te- telling me all the great things he hears on the show and it really kind of educated him on West Ham. And he's a borderline West Ham fan. In fact, 
for the purposes of this podcast, we're going to describe him as West Ham's newest fan, mm-hmm. although that's still kind of undecided. It's Rob Curran. Welcome to the show, Hello. Rob. Hi, Chris. This is your debut. So it's fair to say you didn't know much about football until you started listening to the podcast. Is uh, that fair? I think it's fair. Yeah, it's fair to say I don't. I, I know nothing about football, <laughs> and any part of my football education, the whole thing has come from this podcast, right? Which I enjoy weekly, fortnightly, fortnightly, fortnightly. You listen to you listen to the episodes twice. Love it so much. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Re-listens. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Olympic Stadium move. Um, from obviously listening to this podcast, you've heard. What's your What's your thought? It's obviously you're going to miss Upton Park, right? Oh, massive topic. Massive topic. Yeah. Start off with that one. Um, what's Yeah. Upton Park is the stadium that West Ham play in. Correct. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's great that they're getting out of there. <laughs> <laughs> great. What and why, great. why? Um, is that so good? I'm assuming the Olympic Park is significantly bigger. Yeah. That's good. More fans. More fans. More yeah. money. Yeah. More, fa- more, more a seat for you. But a yeah, seat for you. me. I'm, yeah. I'm reserving one. Can you do that? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you reserve, reserve a seat. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, then I'll reserve a seat <laughs> yeah. at the front. At the, you can get right at the front. At yeah. the front. Yeah. Is that the best place to be? Well, some people say at the Olympic Stadium you're not going to be too close to the football. Does that does that matter? Are they keeping the... They're not keeping the track. No, no. They're going to put the seats over the track. Yeah, they're better. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're out. I mean, you, if I'm reserving a seat, I want to be a couple of feet away from the... <laughs> From the side of the pitch, <laughs> <laughs> the line. And what about West Ham this season? Are we going to stay up? Do you think we've got enough points now? Do you think stay up where? What? In the, up in, <laughs> in, the in the Premier League. In the oh, league. you're in the Premier League. Yeah, is that that is that's, that's the best, the best, that's the, the best, best one. one. Top, top of the Premier League. No, no, top of the Premier League. M- middle of it. Middle. Yeah. Mm. So middle to bottom. Middle, middle. Middle to bottom. Middle to bottom. Do you think? We're gonna stay there, or do you think we'll go down or up? Or what ha- what happens? How's it? Is a voting? So, that work? I mean, I'm assuming the more games you lose, yeah, the more yeah. likely you, you are, are to go down. But yeah. how does that yeah. work? Do you just? It's just it's whoever's points basis. Top bottom point. four, bottom three, bottom close. three just, go down. Yeah, yeah. for sure, yeah. For definitely. And no... replaced with the top three from, from the yeah. Straight swap. This is yeah. Straight swap. Straight swap like that. Interesting. <laughs> Think we're in any danger then of getting swapped? Mm, depends on uh, if you win the games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how many games have we got left? Hundred. Five. 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 I think. Five games. There's probably some maths you can do with that. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. Probably work it out. If you win, yeah, let's stay up. <laughs> there you go. Simple if you win, that. give Allardyce a new contract. That's my. Uh, the maths have been done. If you win, yeah. you'll stay up. Okay. If you lose, you won't. Over the course of those five games, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, well, that's that solved. Uh, thank you very much, Rob Curran, for joining us today. And you can follow Rob on Twitter. At yeah, Curran Rob. Rob. Curran Rob. Curran Rob on Twitter. If you're interested in yeah. not football. No, but you, then, slagged, uh, you slagged off Alan Brazil the other day, didn't you? Yeah, I did Brazil. What did yeah. you say about Bra- Alan Brazil? I don't know, it was something you said on, uh, <laughs> on on Twitter. You just referenced it again. Just, uh, yeah, he was saying stupid stuff. What so, was he saying? Um, Sunderland were wrong to point to Canio. Oh. To a point, said it was a terrible idea, even before the a ball had been kicked and you classic said, uh, brazil classic brazil <laughs> classic brazil classic <laughs> thank you very much rob curran thank cheers you. Thank, thank, you. You. thank you well joining us on the show now we've got a, a, a west ham icon uh tony gale welcome to the show 
Icon. Yeah, What's that? An icon. I mean, that means I'm old. That means I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> now, Distinguished. We, we've just had Tony Cotty on about uh, five minutes before yourself, and we got his stats wrong. So I just want to check your stats with you. Three hundred games for West Ham and five goals. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely wrong. Oh no! <laughs> Was it? Nah. I think um, when you do that, you're looking at games. Uh, you probably got league games. So I'm oh, near. Right. Uh, I think I'm near three sixty, something like that. Yeah. Mm. Well, 340, 360, something like that. Yeah. How, how many goals? Oh, you might be right on that. <laughs> <laughs> how many sendings off? Oh, like? Yeah, how many sendings off? Uh, just the one. Just the one. Gone. Yeah, I've heard uh, of it. Uh, the last side about that, the better. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> nah, not a problem. Okay, Tony. So um, it's looking like we're going to stay up this summer. And if we do, what areas do you want to see West Ham spending their transfer cash in? Uh, I'd like there to be some transfer cash uh, because, you know, we don't really want to be trying to get loan sign-ins and things like that. What we want to do is get some um, some players in that we can see for the long term, I think. Some some good young players, good young players. But if if you're asking me positions, are you, yeah. where we should strengthen? Yeah. Yeah, I think a goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, most definitely. Um, although this has had a, a decent season, I think a goalkeeper would be one place I'd be looking and I'd always be looking at a goal scorer yeah. all day long just trying to look for a goal scorer and maybe a creative midfield player Yeah. Is there, are there any goal scorers you've seen out there you'd like us to have a bid for? I've seen hundreds but we ain't got that type of <laughs> 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 uh, it, it's very difficult isn't it and, uh, but I don't think Sam will leave no stone unturned you know I, I think one of the good things he's had when he's been a manager, uh, wherever he's been, he's had a good scouting network. So, you know, it won't be just England we're looking at. We're looking all across Europe and indeed across the world and um, hoping that he'll dig one up. Yeah. Um, you played at the centre of the West Ham defence for many years. So what do you make of the Hammers defensively this season? Yeah, I think they've done well. I think um, Reed and Collins have done well. I think James Tompkins has probably not had enough games. Mm. I'd like to have seen him have more games, James. I'm a fan. Mm. Um, I think he's, he's got a lot of ability, but I think the fact that he played in the Olympics at the start of the season saw him sort of lose his place to the other two boys who've been pretty consistent, actually. Mm. And then he couldn't really force his way back in, but we've seen since he's come back in of late, along, alongside James Collins, he's done really well. Um, I think James has... James Tompkins, that is, has got a real big future to play at West Ham, as has Mark Noble, who's been out for quite some time. Those boys, I think, uh, are the signature of, uh, of our club. Uh, still academy yeah. boys coming through. I still think they're two of our best footballers. We, we've missed Noble a lot, I think, since he's been out. You know, We miss his creativity and his, you know, the way he right. controls games. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, what happens is you, you tend to take some people for granted. Mm. And, Noble is one of those guys that you do. Mark, if there's when people are critical of him, they say maybe he lacks a little in there. But you know you can't have everything. Otherwise, you'd probably be a fifty million pound player. But what Mark has got is passing ability and an eye to spot a spot a pass and to take players out the game with that pass. Not just to play sideways and backwards, but to play forward. And the quicker you can play forward and in between people, the quicker you get in on goal. I think he's really stood up this season, though, but I think he's yep. made a step up massively. Yeah, he's not a kid anymore. He's, mm. um, I'm not sure how many games he's had, but he's uh, well into the 100 nod now. So a fair bit of experience for Mark in there. 
And, you know, when you're looking at the likes of Diame in there and Kevin Nolan, you had a pretty good mix because you had Nolan who bombed on in support of Car- uh, Andy Carroll. You had Diame, who's got the legs, box-to-box player. And you had Noble, who was the good footballer and a good passer of the ball. Yeah. Um, we're getting closer to a big Sam contract extension, it looks like. Uh, Tony, what are your thoughts on him? I think he's done a good job, hasn't he? Mm. I think, you know, he got us up. Uh, so we said we wanted to get up out out the championship, which is notoriously hard league to get out of, as you can see with the sides, you know, down below at the moment and all the scramble to get out mm. of it really is a grind that season. We've done it by the skin of our teeth against Blackpool, where we were probably second best on the day, but... I didn't mind. I was at the final as a fan and um, I quite honestly don't mind coming away being the lesser of the two sides but winning on the day. That was the main thing. And then since we've been up, I think we've looked like we're always going to stay up. We haven't really looked like or people haven't been naming us as one of the sides that are going to be in trouble and I think that's why he's done a decent job. Mm. I think he's going to try and maybe tweak it a little bit. Try and play uh, not... I wouldn't say a lot more football because that would be being rude to Sam, saying that he doesn't play football. But, you know, just tweak it a little bit. You know, just try and get the ball down and get it moving quicker in those midfield areas. And I think that's all dependent on what kind of striker you get. If you have someone like Andy Carroll, you do tend to go a little bit direct. But if you've got a quicker, you know, more mobile striker in there, then sometimes you play differently. So I think he'll tweak it a little bit. He's no one's fault, Sam. He's, He's done a good job this season. Mm, absolutely. Um, well, one ex-West Ham man has been making all the kind of headlines yesterday with his uh, with a Premier League managerial win, um, Paolo Di Canio. How would you feel about him managing West Ham? Well, I suppose the fans are going to go wild about it, but I mean, he's won one game out of two so far, hasn't <laughs> yeah. he? Um, I don't think he was ready for us, to be quite honest. I no. think a lot of the crowd would uh, probably have liked him in charge, but he's got a long way to go. Because, you know, you know what? He's a bit of a loose cannon, to say the least, Paolo. And um, he got away with it in the lower leagues with Swindon when he probably had the best budget in League Two. And he got out of that. And, you know, when you get when you have big budgets, you're expected to get out of divisions. When they went up and he didn't quite have the budget, then it became a little bit more difficult and we saw the problems and then the publicity that followed. So you've got to be very careful in the Premier League. And you've seen all the publicity that he had early on. And he's got to tread very warily. I hope he does it, though, because I'd like mm. something different. I don't like seeing the same old managers playing the same old way and it being like a roundabout, the same managers getting the same mm. job. So, I, for one, hope he can do it. But I don't think he's quite ready for our job yet. Yeah. Um, last question, Tony. I know our listeners would hang me if I didn't at least ask one question about that infamous sending off. <laughs> um, have you ever met Keith Hackett after he sent you? Have you ever seen him since that sending off? No, and I don't want to either. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I've, uh, I've never seen him, no. Yeah. It's funny. I don't yeah. think he was allowed to referee another game at Upton Park after that sending off. And I don't think he would have survived. You can guess the reasons why. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but um, no, they're, they're, I haven't really seen him. I haven't seen him out and about, although he was the sort of chairman of the referees, wasn't yeah. he? You know, the mm. guru. And, um, Someone who made such a stupid decision as that to be a guru of referees, I found absolutely <laughs> incredible. But, um, Have you ever thought about... What, big, go on, sorry. big piece in the paper, wasn't there, he'd done about a year ago, saying yeah. it was the hardest decision he had to make. Well, uh, 
Yeah, I think he ruined my day, and he ruined <laughs> certainly ruined about forty thousand West Ham fans' yeah. day that day. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was an unforgivable uh, decision, and you know, I wouldn't be in a rush to shake his hand. Yeah, it broke yeah. my heart as a kid. Yeah, literally broke my heart. It broke your heart. <laughs> 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 it did. I know. I know how you feel. Uh, you know, my family and friends who were there that day, as well as all. A lot of um, friends who were supporters, you know, like just an absolute killer, wasn't it? Uh, travesty. Yeah. yeah. We'd have beat them as well. We'd yeah. have beat them and we'd have beat Spurs in the final, I can say. So, actually, I have got a cup winner's medal for West Ham now, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Done. You make believe one. <laughs> um, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Tony. Cheers, boys. That's a pleasure. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Pleasure. Cheers. 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 Thanks. Wonderful. That's Tony Gale there, another genuine West Ham fan. You really get the impression from uh, from certainly Tony Cotty and Tony Gale that they are proper West Ham fans through yep. and through. Yep. Yeah. Love it. So from a controversial referee to a controversial manager in the Premiership, uh, Paolo Di Canio made all the headlines this weekend. Got his knees dirty in that suit. <laughs> he was skimming all over the pitch. The passion was there for all to see. Um, what did you make for one of his, of his debut? I thought it was a bit boring, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was great. Uh, Listen, I mean, I'm a big fan of Di Canio. I mean, mm. um, I think, I think at the end of the day, football's about entertainment. Um, sometimes it's taken too seriously. Sometimes a lot of people take it too seriously. Um, and you know, Di Canio, he brings entertainment sort of thing. He brings a bit mm. of passion, a bit of pride. You can see the transformation in Sunderland within a week. You know, um, you know, he, he's expected to come in and give him that kick, and he did. And it was, I think, it was a perfect game for him. You know, nobody likes a derby, I'd say, more than he does. Um, and yeah, it was impressive, you know. I mean, to go away against your arch rivals and beat three 0 you know. Mm. So, I mean, he can do no wrong now in the eyes of some of the fans. Yeah. But um, oh, actually, I just wanted to kind of. Oh no! Since the last podcast, we've had uh, a couple of quotes from uh, Karen Brady and David Sullivan. I'll just read them out. So this is what Karen Brady wrote in her in her article in the Sun on the sixth of April. She said, "Many times since we took over the club, Paolo has approached owners David Sullivan and David Gold about being the manager of West Ham. I think they considered him briefly something I never did, but dismissed him on the basis that football and fascism do not mix." And then we had, a couple of days before that, David Sullivan did an interview in the uh, London Standard, and this is a quote from that article. He said, uh, fascism, fascism is always intolerable, intolerable, but managers like owners have an additional duty to the wider community. That is why, despite having once considered him as a future manager of West Ham, my partner David Gold and I wouldn't do so now unless he renounced his extreme views. The statement he issued was, if not too late, certainly too broad. Until he provides a clear refutation of his previous position, we'll have to assume he thinks fascism Fascism and football can get along. Um, so, I mean, they're very... <clears throat> I mean, those statements there are very kind of anti-Paolo. I just wonder, why have we got a Paolo Di Canio lounge yeah, if, I mean, if they if, feel this strongly? This is irony at its best. You know, we're mm. willing to take money, use his name, market his name, you know, yeah. take money on his name, make money on it. Then all of a sudden, you know... Um, but to be honest with you, I think they should be staying out of it anyway. I just don't see, like... They're quite clever people, Karen Brady and David Sullivan, as we've kind of established, but... What's in it for them to say that? That's what I don't understand. What at what point are they trying to make that West Ham are holier than thou when it comes to Paolo Di Canio? That we're you know, we you know, we're a kind of moral compass when it comes to this issue. Is that what they're trying to get across? I mean, I don't see why. What's in it for us really to do that? Especially like I say, when you've got the Paolo Di Canio lounge. Well, James, would you ever see like to see him at, at West Ham as manager? Well, you know, let's see how he does, because. Yeah. It's new manager syndrome. Newcastle were poor. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah and Sunderland scored three 
really good goals. Blind so they, goals, so they yeah. were blind goals. So, they were, so yeah. let's see how he does. Yeah. I think he'll do enough to keep them up. Let's see how he does over next season or so. Uh, no doubt in my mind that if he plays well, Sullivan will have him back in a flash. Oh, yeah. And I also think that part of me wonders if he'd be, a, because he'd be a popular manager, does that take away from the owners? You know, because oh, I wonder if, if that's attention. If, that's attention. all they want is the attention seeking. And I, I, I'm a big fan of Golden Sullivan, so I'm mm. not I'm not being disrespectful. But I, part of me thinks that to, if you've got a really popular manager, everyone like, oh, he loves West Ham. He's got West Ham tattoo. You know, and he wants this player and comes out and says, oh, I want this player, but the owners aren't backing me. Suddenly, the fans are against the owners, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that isn't. You know what? That isn't healthy for the club anyway. I just, so, I, I just love David Sullivan taking the moral high ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just loved it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Two pawn barons yeah. telling everyone else yeah. how to be moralistic. Okay. So um, let's do some predictions. We've got Manchester United at home coming up. Wednesday, uh, Wigan at home following that. Um, let's begin Manchester United at home on Wednesday night. Are we going to do? We saw we had a magnificent game in the um, in the FA Cup where we nearly turned them over. What about this time around? Four 0 two Gary Neal goals <laughs> fifty uh, yards. Fifty we'll, yards. We'll get Jonathan Spector back on loan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scoring Maestro again. Um, no, I mean we've played well against Man United this season. You know um, yeah. that yeah, FA yeah. Cup, that FA Cup in the Berlin was that, that was a great tie. You know we were awfully unlucky. You know. Um, I mean, I think we always raise a game against them, especially under the lights, Wednesday night. Um, you know, the only the only real danger for us really is, apart from obviously the obvious threats, is that they might want to get the league wrapped up as soon as possible. But I mean, they have nothing else to play for, so I mean, I think we'll give them a good game. Um, I'll go for 2-1, 2-1 West Ham. 2-1 West Ham. Yeah. I always, bizarrely, I always think because uh, Big Sam and uh, Alex Ferguson get on, but Alex Ferguson always gives us a slightly easier ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In my mind, I think he tells his team, you know, try and win, but it's fine if you don't, because I quite like Big Sam. Yeah, yeah. Although <laughs> it seems to go the other way when it got to Old Trafford. Although <laughs> yeah. seems to roll over yeah. for Ferguson. Anyway, Although though, we played so, quite well, yeah. didn't we? We did, there this yeah, time. yeah, we did this season, yeah. Um, I, I'd love a draw. I'd love a draw. Mm. In my, you know, and I think it's not unachievable. We're pretty good at home. Um, we always, as Finland says, we always raise our game against them so yeah. you know I'm going to say 2-2 two, two. Yeah. Mm, okay and what that? well that's a shocker <laughs> but we always do well against Man United this is funny there's two weird teams Man United and Wigan because we always do really well against Man United at home and we and do shit yeah. against Wigan it'll, yeah. it'll be typical West Ham be Man United 2-1 Wednesday yeah. lose 4-0 to Wigan on Saturday <laughs> yeah um, although we need revenge against Wigan for uh, that League Cup uh, debacle yeah on the season that's dreadful yeah. I want them to go down Thanks very much. Bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. Hate them. Whelan, f off. <laughs> Whelan is another one who sticks his oar in when it doesn't need to be stuck uh, in. It's a shit stadium, shit area, shit fans, shit charm. They have nothing. I've never met a Wigan fan. No. I've Did genuinely you? never met a Wigan fan. I tell you what. I tell you what, listeners. If you want to go on my uh, Twitter, <laughs> at CJ Skull. That Skull with a C. Check out. The, I saw two pictures uh, on in the media over the weekend of Wigan fans. Why, I mean, both of these people look like aliens. <laughs> I'm, I'm fairly sure that Wigan is imported aliens to pose as football fans. I, 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 I think the biggest prediction this weekend is going to be how many away fans they bring. Yeah. yeah. I think it was, what, 32 last time? They got a cab, yeah. 32, I think, was it? Yeah. 
I reckon 100, 120 max. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the real prediction. That's the only predictions we should be doing is how many fans from we're going to turn up. Do we think they're going to go down just by the by? Hope so. I don't mind Martinez, but I hate them as a club. I'd say I, I think they'll probably do it enough yet again, uh, make it sick. But uh, I think Stoker in free fall. Yeah, I think Stoker in big big trouble. And uh, again, good riddance. Let's talk about who we just can qu- four go down. I'd like Stoke yeah. and Wigan to go down. I want QPR and Villa to go down, but I just don't think both that'd be just too much to ask for. Be too much. But uh, who do we want to see go down? Fiona, who would you like to see disappear? Well, I mean, I'm glad, very glad to see the end of Reading. Uh, I think they're garnish. Another shit club. The last yeah. game of the season, I am going to fucking celebrate Reading going down. Yeah. Okay. Lovely stuff, Fion. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. Thank very, you for having me. Very, very pleasure. assured performance today. I thought Thank you very much. Yeah, it was my Good pleasure. Insight. Not uh, as noisy as Romford. <laughs> Not as big as Romford. Either, so, uh, a lot more space He's in the here. He's the smartest guest we've had, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, wonderful stuff. James, thank you very much for thank turning you. up again. Very consistent. Yep. Lovely stuff. Not injured. Um, let's do some Twitter trials so you can follow Fiona. You on Twitter? No, no not, interested. not interested. Waste of time. No. I think I was originally, but I think I've long it's, it's, it's dead. It's now on Bevo. It's dormant. Long as one. Long as one. On Twitter, you can follow myself, CJ Skull. That Skull with a C. And well, why not follow Graham Howlett, the mysterious editor of Knees Up Mother Brown, who we had on the, the last episode of the show. And I recommend you hear his voice just so you get a mental picture of what he sounds like. Yeah. Uh, you can follow him at K-U-M-B-D-O-T-C-O-M. The Enigma. The Enigma. So thank you very much. Um, we'll be speaking to you after the Manchester United and Wigan games as we ebb ever closer to safety. Come on you irons. Come on you irons. Come on you irons. <laughs>